Hey, thanks for tuning in, Hawaii Real listeners. Today I have Paul Staples with me today. He's a real estate guy, but he's also got this new product uh, that's going to replace drywall in the future. It's called SIPS. He's going to talk to us about that. And he's also going to talk to us about the humanitarian work that his business does whenever they build a house, they build another house in a third world country or less fortunate country. And finally, I'll end off with um, talking about high-end luxury homes here in Hawaii and how they get sold and how that whole process works and how the new process is going to come into play. It's pretty cool stuff and uh, it's good to listen to. Thanks for tuning in. We took about 15 Boy Scouts from Utah to uh, the Philippines and we built these two homes um, for people that had lost their homes. And the Boy Scouts pretty much did a lot of the work and we did it within less than two days. Uh, so as I, you know, as I thought about that, I, you know, I came back to Hawaii and I, I happened to get a listing. Uh, I'm a real estate broker by trade. I have to, I happened to get a listing that was made out of SIPs and I got more interested in it uh, because the owner explained a little bit more to me about the qualities of SIPs. Okay, welcome back to Hawaii Real, everybody. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this channel on YouTube. You can also find the episodes on the website, hawaiirealpodcast.com. And the episodes are also aired in audio versions on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And you can um, also hear the short uh, versions of the podcast that I post called Hawaii Real Shorts. That's on YouTube. And I also post those directly to the website. Again, that's hawaiirealpodcast.com. Today I have with me kind of a cool guy, Paul Staples. He runs Paul Staples Realty. Should I be looking at the camera? You can look at the camera, you can look at me, you can look up at the sky. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Paul drove all the way out here from like, yeah. But you've got like a great business going and you have uh, this new uh, building technique or building product that you're bringing in from the Philippines you were telling me about. And that's kind of a new thing you're trying to bring into Hawaii. That's kind of cool. I saw the video on it, and Great. you're going to talk about that Great. a little bit. Okay. And um, yeah, whatever else you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of stories uh, over there from the from that side. It's pretty pretty cool. Good to know you. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate appreciate you actually uh, actually inviting me. Um, this great sit-up you got it oh thanks man thanks i'm envious a little bit i like it <laughs> <laughs> you're saying you want to start your own kind of talk show yeah we've been talking about it in our office for about uh two months now just and do it yeah I, I that's what i'm getting the impression from you you know just just <laughs> do it go out there and do it and the equipment doesn't look uh you know too expensive no uh, it's not too bad so, and you just kind of collect yeah, it over time yeah. and okay okay I, I think the main thing is just good just taking a step yeah just, just yeah just yeah. doing it. So we were talking for like half an hour already <laughs> off camera before we even started. Pre-show, pre-show. <laughs> pre-show warm up. Like, hey, this guy can talk. He can go. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah. All right. So to, to dive into it, um, I saw the video on YouTube about your new product. Okay. Uh, what's it called? It's called SIPS. SIPS. Uh, which stands for Structural Insulated Panels. And it um, looks like really thick drywall, but it's not. It's not drywall. It, uh, it it has EPS in the middle, which is foam, basically really tight foam. And we we, we use uh, uh, two magnesium oxide boards for the skin. Now SIPs can be different. You know, we, we actually created our one of our own products. Uh, we call it uh, the third generation of SIPs. Uh, the first generations that I'm aware of was back in the 30s. Uh, it was uh, o, you know, OSB, which is that strandulated board, that oriented strandulated board, which is you know the wood flakes that's been glued together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they were using that at first uh, because, uh, you know, that's, that's what they came up with. And then we actually visited a uh, manufacturing in Alabama and, and they, they were using something called fiber cement board, which we liked a lot better than the OS, OSB uh, because it was you know fiber cement board and it was heavier, heavy duty. But then we, we discovered magnesium oxide, which is pretty much fireproof. And so we start, you know, tinkering with that, and we we built two homes in the Philippines uh, right after Hurricane Yolanda 
a hit. We we gathered some Boy Scouts from Utah, and we did a, I guess I would call it a, a eagle project on steroids. Yeah, that's a super project. <laughs> Where we, we, we took about 15 Boy Scouts from Utah to um, the Philippines, and we built these two homes um, for people that had lost their homes. And the Boy Scouts pretty much did a lot of work, and we did it within less than two days. Wow. Uh, so as I, you know, as I thought about that, I, you know, I came back to Hawaii and I, I happened to get a listing. Uh, I'm a real estate broker by trade. I have to, I happened to get a listing that was made out of SIPs and I got more interested in it uh, because the owner explained a little bit more to me about the qualities of SIPs. For example, one thing that really intrigued me about this material is that most most buildings that we are you know that we house in uh, will will collapse at six or seven on the rector rector scale you mm. know the, the earthquakes it yeah earthquakes yeah uh, we we have tested our own SIPs and we we've gone through the paperwork I mean the uh, the uh, the other testings of other people um, and there's records of SIPs uh, holding up to, you know, intensity of 11, 21. And, you know, most things would fall apart on the earth at nine, intensity nine, mm -hmm. but uh, SIPs all the way up to 11, 21. So it's just like not falling down. It's not falling down, right? right? It's exactly. And I'm not an engineer. We have three engineers in our, in our, in our newly formed company called Archipelago 7000. Um, we have three engineers. They, they know more about, you know, the, the reason why it doesn't fall down than I do. Uh, I'm just from a layman's perspective, you know, I think the foam absorbs the, you know, the, the energy from earthquakes and because of the skins are on the outside, they really don't crack, uh, because magnesium oxide is a very strong product as well. What else do they use magnesium, magnesium oxide in like in any other industry that people well, can kind of relate to what yeah, this material it's, is? It's a mineral to my understanding, and it's found in Asia. Uh, there's tons of it in, in, in Asia. And, you know, they actually use it to, you know, to make flares with. <laughs> right, because that's, that's right. kind of, when you think of magnesium, yeah. you think of something yeah. that burns. Right, 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 right. right. But the, the, way, the, the way it's done, the way, the way we do it, um, is that it is, it's non-combustible. Mm. And I, I sent you a video and I, you know, I, where I take my torch. Yeah, you have a blowtorch, and your blowtorch <laughs> in this wall, yeah. and, and, it, and nothing happens. Right. Kind of interesting. Um, uh, my good friend Abe Lee, who was a uh, big real estate instructor here, uh, he came over with a bunch of, uh, you know, people, and I, he loved for me to do the torch test, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and then I do the hammer test too. I said, this stuff is strong. I mean, here's come look at my house. You know, I invite people to come to my house in Laie to take the hammer to it, you know, take the torch to it. I don't care, you know, cause I, I, you know, I want this to really be something that the Hawaii can look at as uh, something that they can either build their homes with or rebuild. Because if you rebuild with it after a typhoon has come, it's very, very simple. Uh, right now I'm doing a owner builder myself and I am not a home builder, but I wanted to walk the talk. You know, I, I wanted to, before I can really tell people about this stuff, I wanted to do my own project. And it's my first and probably last time <laughs> I'm gonna build my own home. Uh, but I can talk about it now. You know, I, 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 can, I can deal with contractors, like, you know, plumbers, electricians, I mean, building inspectors, you know, it, it has really taught me. And that, uh, that is something that I can share with people, my, my you know, my, uh, uh, growth from building my own home. Mm -hmm. But we want to use this product in Hawaii because termites don't like it. Uh, it's pretty much fireproof, um, earthquake resistant, uh, windproof, up to 200 miles an hour. Most uh, Hurricane Yolanda in the Philippines was 195, which was a category, you know, I think five or cat five, whatever they call that. And our, our panels are rated at 200 miles an hour. Uh, so it, it, it'd be really, you know, I don't want to sound like the guy who, you know, said the Titanic would never sink. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say that, but it's pretty, pretty tough. Uh, the, uh, the material that we use 
How does it stand up to like water damage and and it's rain? Water, and stuff it's, like it's waterproof. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much waterproof. Um, and I I don't advertise this a lot, but I even had a um, bullet test done on it. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, and I have the documentation. I sent it to a testing lab, and I sent up. We sent uh, two panels there, and they they actually tested it with an AK forty seven, which is a little bit bigger round than a, a mili- uh, M sixteen round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 50 feet away, I, I have the documents. They shot it uh, after putting this, what they call ballistic stucco on it. So they, they covered the, you know, the, the, the panel with ballistic stucco. So the bullet, AK-47 AK bullet went through the panel, mm-hmm. uh, went through the first, the first skin, and went through the foam, but it stopped on the inside of the other skin the magnesium oxide board. So it's not piercing the entire thing. So it's not piercing the entire thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, you know, we, we don't really advertise that, but we can get the stucco to make our panels pretty much bullet resistant. I don't want to say bulletproof because. Well, I mean, <laughs> but there is usage for that too, right? To have a, yeah. a, yeah. a yeah. building or parts of a building, you know, banks, police stations, that kind of thing yeah. where you, I didn't think you about maybe that. want you maybe want to have yeah. some bullet resistant yeah. capability in the building structure right. itself right. in certain areas you know right. not the entire right. building right. but that, our, our main uh, our main focus you know, was was uh, in for the poor people in the Philippines uh, they they seem to be affected the most mm-hmm. uh, when you have these typhoons and you can see news you know reels of people just you know barely hid above the water and and no one really is able to to help them effectively uh so this is what kind of got us started with our nonprofit, which is called uh, i help which stands for uh well it's spelled i h h e l p p and okay. it's yeah and it stands for improving health housing education l- livelihood of the poor in the Philippines, so <laughs> so 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 we uh, so we we started this organization and we you know our focus was always the poor in, mm-hmm. uh, in the Philippines. Yeah, no, I, I lived yeah. in uh, Manila for three years growing oh. up. Yeah, my dad was out there at the embassy. Oh, you speak Tagalog? No, he did. <laughs> he did. But uh, <laughs> no, you can really see from living there like poor people. Yes, like we have homeless here. Yes, but they're not to that yeah. extent. Poor. No, no comparison. <laughs> There's no comparison. You yeah, just can't. Yeah. And like you yeah, said, when the typhoon comes, yeah. you have all these people in like yeah, yeah. these shanty towns. These you know right. living in pretty much you know, cardboard right. type right. housing, right. and that totally gets blown right. away, and it totally gets rained out. Yeah. And it's not just building that back up. Mm-hmm. It's like what you guys are doing. You're building something that's stronger than what they had before, so that it doesn't happen yes. again. So that that house doesn't blow away again. Yes. Yes. And 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 it's kind of interesting what what happened. Uh, because we were focusing on on the poor and helping people, the first two homes we built, remember we did it in less than two days uh, mm-hmm. u- using these SIP uh, panels, uh, which are panelized panels. They come in the size of a, uh, I would say, a uh, piece of drywall, mm-hmm. uh, a four by eight size. So they're kind of comfortable sizing for comfortable sizing, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, so when when we put the homes up in two days, uh, we got we got a lot of interest. Uh, we started to, as our company, um, as I help started to get more, you know, more recognition, we started to get, um, a commercial interest. Okay. People, you know, they're thinking, well, if this is pretty tough stuff, why don't I build my home out of it? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so our attorney at the time, uh, recommended that we, uh, start a, for-profit organization to avoid the co-mingling of our nonprofit, which is a 501c3 um, organization recognized by by the government. Uh, so we currently we get a few donations from uh, uh, Microsoft for two years now. Microsoft has has donated uh, to our organization. In fact, they invited us to come speak to them um, about two years ago in April. So I flew out there and did a presentation for the uh, employees of Microsoft. Very cool. Uh, Microsoft has a uh, um, um, campaign where Bill Gates donates. Uh, he matches whatever the employees matches. 
So when I spoke to the Filipino employees there, they all have their, you know, their own, uh, you know, um, organizations where they donate. Uh, I think Bill Gates encourages this. Uh, so I was with the Filipino, you know, Filipinos of Microsoft, basically. <laughs> so, so I gave them the presentation and then from there they decided to, uh, you know, to adopt iHelp, uh, for that year. And cause they have to choose a different organization every year. Mm. Uh, so for two years now, this, you know, we've been their top, uh, pick for the Filipinos at Microsoft. Good. So they donate, they, every year they make a, have a, a drive to raise money. Mm -hmm. They donate to us and we take that, those funds and we go build homes, our public restrooms in the Philippines. I was just thinking about that. Wasn't Bill Gates trying to build like a new toilet or didn't he put out a whole project for the world to come up with a better toilet? For a third world country, you know, I've ago. never looked into that, but I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really glad that you know people of influence and interest, you know, take some kind of uh, initiative to be involved in humanitarian work. Mm -hmm. uh, I I've been involved in humanitarian work for you know for several several years now, and it, it does something to you know to the person individually and to the organization. My you know my agents are you know they're all involved in what we do. Uh, Laura Brady, who's a, a, a person I interviewed when I was working on my uh, master's in real estate, uh, she runs a company called Concierge Auction. So when I was writing my thesis paper in real estate, I interviewed Laura Brady, and uh, we got to talking, and we, you know, and I, I learned more about what she does with her proceeds and, you know, uh, commissions and her company. Uh, she built a home in, you know, in South America. I said, Hey, I do the same thing in the Philippines. You know, once we sell a home, we, we try to build a home and she said, Hey, we do the same thing. So we, so we've been talking about, you know, about, uh, doing more work in a, on a humanitarian site. So I'm, um, so I'm in communication with their company and we, what we want to do is bring more of that idea of, you know, of the rich helping the poor. Uh, so, so that's kind of what we're gearing up to do with my marketing now uh, you know if i sell if i sell a home <laughs> yeah, just pull i get the excited <laughs> i get excited about this so if i sell a home i'm going to build one in in the philippines or you know or, or another poor country and i i want to you know i want to continue that concept and teach it to our realtors here on the island because they can be involved too the, the way we're designing our you know our our, our outreach programs is that we, we want other realtors to be involved too. Now they don't have to physically be involved. They can just, you know, just give us money if they want, you know, but we're going to do something good with that money. We're going to go build a restroom. Um, you know, people don't, a restroom, you know, you need it. I mean, that, you're talking about sanitary. You're talking about, uh, yes. cutting back on diseases and yes. stuff like that. There's this one school we visited about a year and a half ago in the Philippines. Uh, we, we donated like 17 toilets to them, mm -hmm. uh, 17. And I was surprised when I talked to one of the teachers, he said, you know, uh, I warned you, I get emotional about this sometimes, but, uh, he said, you know, because of those toilets, when my students go, you know, when they go out for break recess, they come back now because now they don't have to go home or to the neighbor's house and use the restroom. They can use it right on campus. And you know, that, the sincerity in his face was like, wow, I just thought we just was building toilets, but we're, we're saving kids in their schools to, you know, from diseases and stuff. So when he explained that to me, it just gave me, not just me, but when I say me, I mean my whole organization, uh, I help, uh, we have some great, great, uh, uh, volunteers for I help. But anyway, so that, that really, uh, has been with me for years now. And I, and I want to give other agents that opportunity to donate, uh, with their time and talents. All right. So your SIPS product, um, how does it hang stuff as opposed to, or how does it deal with the hanging products, uh, pictures, curtains, flat screen TVs compared to like drywall? Cause I know drywall, you can't necessarily hang a flat screen on drywall without like, doing a whole lot or actually finding the stud. Yeah, sure. I, I you know, let, let me first say before I open my mouth too much, <laughs> uh, we have three engineers mm -hmm. in our organization. 
one of them as a good friend of mine, Rene Doria. Uh, he is completing his uh, master's in structural engineer. Um, and he can answer pretty much any question. But from a layman's perspective, um, I, I'm building my own home right now with SIPs. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's acting just like wood. You know, I mean, I can put an L in it. And, you know, I, I need the, uh, uh, the uh, hammer claw to pull the nail out. You know, anywhere on the board. In, anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, anywhere. So I'm not having any issue. I haven't hanged a, a large TV yet because my, my, my uh, construction project is still the shell there. But I will definitely find out for you and after speaking to my engineers and giving you the numbers, you know, how does it hold up to the drywall? And they, they will give you an answer. Trust me. Right on. You, you, I was locked in the hotel room with three engineers. What? And once they started talking about the numbers of SIFs, I had to take a break and just sit down in the bed there and uh, you just let them go at it, you know. But they, they got all the documentations and numbers, the calculations. Uh, one of the engineers actually was part of the... Uh, Qatar uh, airport. He built some of the, mm. the major uh, sh uh, support for the airport there. He's one of our engineers. The other one is uh, he's working on this you know, master's in engineering. And the other engineer we have was a retired structural engineer who just reactivated his license because of our, our business. Uh, so we got three full engineers that uh, can answer pretty much any, any question. <laughs> cool. Cool. But if it acts like wood, that's good. I'm just saying that because it's drywall sucks, man. It's just like stuff just eventually fall, pulls yeah. out yeah. Of, of the, of drywall. Man. You have to remember some too, when drywall gets wet, uh, then you have mm -hmm. your, your mold problem. Yeah. Okay. With, uh, with sips, what we've have found out in our sips, is that it doesn't absorb water. There's a really very, very low absorption rate. And, you know, technically, you know, if you, if you get flooded out, you know, just water just has to drain out and you're back to normal. Uh, that would not happen with drywall, uh, especially with the insulation behind the drywall too. Mm -hmm. Our insulation is EPS, which, you know, which is foam for the layman. Um, and you know, nothing happens with foam is what you use your surfboards for. Right. And I was going to say, like it's like, yeah. basically you're building a house out of surfboard. Yeah, it, exactly. So if a flood did take it out, it, it'll float and you have yeah. something to float. If on. there's a tsunami, your house is okay. It's just going to float away. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You, you know, which reminds me of something that, that kind of put the concept in my mind pretty vividly. Um, I, I have a, an app that kind of gives me the, uh, the disasters all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it alerts me when there's an earthquake, a fire, you know, uh, tsunami, and all these things. So you know, so I sometimes I go to the the TV or YouTube, and I look at from a bird's eye view. I look at the disaster, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and it, it dawned on me one day. Say, hey, you know, all this devastation, but what's left? And it's usually the foundation of that house yeah. is left, is there. So I, I was thinking, you know, so if a bulldozer comes in and just clears off the foundation, they can have a new home in a matter of days using SIPs uh, because it goes up just like a Lego. You know, you, you know we, 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 we design in ways to connect the SIPs uh, even faster than you can do it now. And I said, if Boy Scouts can do it, you know, we saw the Boy Scouts doing it. Uh, and I'm doing it myself right now under an owner builder in Hawaii. So I think anyone can put these houses up. Uh, but uh, yeah, a SIP home can go up really fast. And so if you already got your foundation and that's not damaged, um, you can probably put a SIP home there. Now, one term I, I, I've grown to love and, uh, and definition of our SIPs is the uh, term of monolithic. Okay. What that means is, is that, you know, if you have your foundation already, the way we attach our SIP home, our SIP panels, our panel four by eight panels, the way we attach it to the foundation, uh, it literally becomes one with the foundation. So thus the term monolithic. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why when you have your earthquakes, when you have your fires and this and that, your high winds, it's still there. 
you know, it's still there. It doesn't. And there's, there's pictures. I can find some for you of areas that have been devastated and all the homes are destroyed, but those that made their home out of SIPs is still standing. Yeah. It's, it's still standing. So it, it, it kind of, um, hits all the categories. Yeah. So as a realtor, uh, I'm working with a really good friend of mine now, Abe Lee. If you go on the internet, you've probably seen Abe Lee seminars. Uh, he's a huge, uh, a huge developer. He, he doesn't think so. He's only done 150 projects. Oh, that's all. <laughs> that, that's all. But uh, I sent him a video, same video I sent you. He called me up and he said, I want to come over and see in two days. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he came over mm -hmm. and he, he was said, he was just blown away uh, by, by SIPs. He said, you know, I've been looking for products for 30 years. I've imported metal framing to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I've done this, I've done that. And you know, I've, I've not, have not seen anything like this yet. Can we partner up? Oh, wow. <laughs> so I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> so we, but we're just starting eh? He said, that's okay. That's okay. He wants to get in early. I want to get in there. I'm, yeah. I got a project on uh, Mali Kahana right now. Yeah. I'm building eight units. I want to use SIPs. And so, and then he's been bringing other contractors over uh, to my little tiny 619 square foot ADU SIP home in Lai Ying. Uh, so he's been bringing people over. I mean, my driveway is, you know, sometimes I have five cars in my driveway and there's no parking where I live at. So they all have to park in my driveway. So he's been bringing people over to look at this, this product. And we, we've been talking. So since then, that's, that, that was about a month ago. Yeah. So since then, Abe and I have gotten together and we decided to teach real estate classes together now. <laughs> so we we're really, we're really hitting it off now nice. as friends and partners and stuff. He's been teaching. He's taught over, he's taught over, I would say about 8,000 agents on the island. Wow. Uh, so his, his courses are very familiar. I, I went through it uh, to get my broker's license. Uh, he teaches a pre-license. He's one of the few people on the island that, uh, that, that sanctioned to preach, to not preach, but to teach the pre-licensing course for your real estate license and also the broker courses. And he also teaches a lot of the continuing education courses that realtors have to take. So he, he's a, he's a great, uh, great choice for a partner. Uh, and he really wants to spread SIPs throughout the island. He wants to talk to other realtors, get them involved. And I'm kind of like, wow, is this really happening? <laughs> we just started out helping poor people in the Philippines, you know? Yeah, you do good and good will <laughs> return to you, man. <laughs> That's cool. Um, can I divert a little bit and talk about real estate here in Hawaii? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, during the pandemic, you know, like home prices still went up and sales still occurred. Like, how does that happen? And um, how does, I guess, a local family that is now registered as not registered, but is now seen as kind of <clears throat> low income or medium to low income, how do they go about affording a property anymore? Well, we, we, I've been selling real estate. I bought my first house when I was 19 years old. Um, and I, I did it out of very naive. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't know a lot about real estate, <clears throat> but I was, I had roommates. I had two roommates and we we're renting this house. Uh, and we're, which was really close to my job at the time. And we got a note, a notice from the owners and say, Hey, you guys got to leave. I'm, I'm going to rent to a family now. And that, that just kind of devastated me. You know, I just never, you know, I was comfortable. I was having fun. Uh, so I decided to, you know, instead of getting angry or whatever, I just, I decided to maybe I can buy a house now. You know, <laughs> 19 years old. <laughs> so maybe I we can won't buy. say how long ago that was. <laughs> well, I don't mind telling my age. I'm 60 <laughs> years old now. Uh, but uh, at the time they didn't have computers. Uh, really operational that they didn't definitely have, didn't have the internet, but I walked into this broker's office and he said, you want to buy a house? And how old are you? 19. You know? Okay. Uh, he didn't discourage me, which was cool. You know, he didn't mm -hmm. say no. He, he grabbed this big, thick book, which calls it was MLS book, multi-listing service book. But like I said, we didn't have it on computers then. So he started flipping through the pages there. And he said, Hey, look at this. There's a guy who just wants someone to take over his payments. 
and all you need is two thousand dollars. I go, let's go look at that house. <laughs> so I only had one thousand at the time, so let's go look at it. So he, we we drove up there, and uh, he, I said, hey, this is good neighborhood. It's, he said, he said you want it. I go, yeah, I do. Uh, interest rates were eighteen percent back then. So the guy just wanted to get out of the mm. property and he couldn't sell it, you know. So I pretty much took over the property. So I called my mom, who's always helped me out. Uh, yeah, I was raised by a single mom. Uh, she said, son, you want to buy a house? Uh, I said, yeah, I only have $1,000. They want 2000 She said, I'll give you $1,000. So I said, oh, cool, mom. Thank you so mm. much. So I actually purchased that house. What I learned from that purchase was never to listen to people that tell you you can't do stuff mm. and just, you know, just have faith and, and work, you know, faith and work for me go together, you know? So that's kind of what I did. I, I had a pretty good job and, you know, I bought the house and instead of just being bitter about the landlord kicking us out, you know, Hey, I got my own house now and I got tenant. I got a tenant. It was helping me pay for my mortgage now. Uh, so, you know, I, my mortgage was $600. I think I rented the room out to my tenant for three or 200. I can't remember, but I was actually paying about the same as, as I was for rent. And now I'm the owner of the house. <laughs> so, but that kind of thing can't happen today though, right? No, but, but, but what I was going to say is there's always a way. Mm. Okay. I've sold, um, I, if you staples realty, we have, uh, we right under 200 transactions right now. And we have helped so many people, those that have money, those that didn't have money. Um, what you can do, one of the programs you can, you can do is that there's a USDA uh, government program that people don't know about this program. But uh, my loan officer and I, we, we've helped so many people in our area because it qualifies for the USDA program, which is a, a rural program. It's what the government used to use way back you know, a long time ago to populate areas mm. to get people, families to move in there. So they offer no money down. Okay. And some of these programs, as long as you qualify, okay, no money down. And I didn't qualify to buy a house in Hawaii when I was raising my family. Uh, so I called my mom and dad, you know, my, my dad said, son, you know what? I can help you. So he gave me a couple thousand dollars and he allowed his name to go on the title so I can qualify. You know, so he knew it wasn't his house. He, he was helping his son and his, his, his grandkids. So after about five years, I was making more money. And I, said, I said, dad, do you, do you still need to be on the title? He said, no, no. He said, you can take me off. Uh, so I, I called the escrow company, did what they call a quit claim deed. Uh, he was off. And so parents can help their kids. Okay. So that's one way to get it, to get in title. And I've seen that several times, um, here. Um, we also, another way too, and, um, hopefully the building department is not listening too well. Mm. <laughs> uh, another, another thing too, that helped us out. And, you know, we didn't do anything illegal in our situation, but my wife didn't work. One of the promises I made her when we got married is that she wouldn't have to work. So that means I had to work three jobs sometimes. Uh, but, uh, I wanted to keep my promise to her so she didn't have to work. So what we did was we, we rented out our garage. Uh, you know, we kind of fixed it up and, uh, we, you know, it already had a, uh, sink and a bathroom. So we just kind of made sure it was nice people. And that took off a big chunk of our mortgage. So, uh, you know, so people can kind of be creative and looking at their, at their homes and dividing it up. Another thing I just did recently is we have high vault ceilings. Uh, so I, I was looking at one of my rooms. I said, you know what, what if I make a loft? <laughs> my wife said, what? A loft. Yeah. What if we put our bed in the loft in our master bedroom and uh, then we have all this space down there, you know, so I, I think we gain 66 square feet, which is a, a quite a bit of space in a room, you know? So we went up. Uh, so we, so we made a loft. So all I'm saying is a little creativity and, and a good real estate agent uh, who has some experience can help you through some of these, you know, the loan process and knows the uh, lending, uh, you know, the uh, lending, I don't want to call them tricks, but has information on lending. Uh, you know, it's all about having good people in your corner too. Uh, my loan officer, he's one of the best, you know, he's just, I've seen him cut his commissions to help, help my clients get into their, their home. 
a lot of them are just making it into their home. So, so we, like I said, we've have we've have over 200 transactions under our belt right now. So we, we've gained some experience, and working with Abe Lee now too is going to really add to that. Uh, so I, I think I think we can help pretty much anybody with information, uh, enough information so they can be a little dangerous when they go out. In the home, <laughs> go on, yeah. yeah, that's good. And also, we're we're, we're just Abe Lee and I are. Uh, we just got uh, we're getting permission. That we're working through the process to actually teach real estate um, on campus and one of the local universities here. And so we're going through the process right now. In fact, this morning I got the email uh, text from from the person helping us drive the program through the college uh, curriculum. So we feel pretty confident about it because we're going to be teaching things about foreclosure. Uh, high-end luxuries, which I want to talk a little bit about, uh, working with governments. Uh, we, we've, we've built homes in the Philippines so far. We've built several restrooms. Uh, and Abe is, like I said, he's a developer, even though he, he won't call himself a serious developer, but 150 projects is pretty serious to me. Uh, so, so we have this information out that we can give people uh, that want to get into real estate and or they want to buy their own home or they want to, like you said, figure you know, how to get a family to their first home. There's ways to do it. Trust me. You mentioned talking about high-end luxury homes, and that's kind of a scary concept for me hearing about, but go ahead and share. Yeah, we, we just uh, we, we just closed a deal that was, uh, I think it's 3.8, 3.8 uh, million. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a deal that, you know, it was a, a sort of a compound, but uh, it, it really hit home to me. I just finished my, my thesis and my uh, my course, um, uh, speaking of that, that was a pretty tough course. There's, I think there's like three of us now that have a master's in real estate on the island. Yeah, most people have an MBA or something like that, but not in real estate. Uh, so I think I'm one in the three that went through the rigorous uh, program uh, that was uh, sanctioned by the National Association of Realtors, uh, the NAR. Uh, they, they started this master's program to help our realtors uh, be more educated. Um, and to kind of sit them apart from, you know, from, from the, uh, you know, you know, being compared to used car sales. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so, so it was a great idea. It was a great concept. And, you know, I saw the fail rate in the class. I, I got kind of scared, you know, but I, you know, I, I endured, I, I endured the program for two years. And, and one of my, when I wrote my thesis paper, I mentioned her before, Laura Brady. Uh, who started a uh, uh, different concept. It's called concierge auction. Uh, so I interviewed her for my thesis paper, and I got so interested in luxury auctions uh, because a lot of times we stigmatize auctions with, you know, with you know foreclosures and stuff like that. No, it's a, this is different. Uh, we're, we're, what we do, we're looking for unique properties all over the world. And I'm, you know, I live in Hawaii, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to focus on Hawaii. And what, what, what I learned from, I, I even went through the uh, training to be a, um, a luxury auction uh, specialty in Hawaii. And so I have a little certificates and I went through the, the training. So what we're looking for is unique properties that are really different are even hard to sell. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they're tough to sell is because the, the buyer, you know, the, the, the buyer pool is not that high for luxury properties. So with, so with, with luxury auctions, what we do is, is that we, we find these unique properties on the island basically. And we, you know, we present it uh, to my partners that I have uh, that deal with luxury auctions all over the world. Um, they're currently in, in 40, 40 states and 20 countries or something like that. But we, we find these properties and only one out of 20 is really selected. So, you know, price points are, you know, in Hawaii is starting at 2.5 million uh, all the way up, you know, to infinity basically. And we find these properties and like I said, only one out of 20 is basically, basically selected. So what we do is we, we, we actually do a heavy duty marketing campaign. Um, and we take care of the marketing budget, uh, marketing budgets for some of these properties are starting from 50,000 to 150,000. 
uh, to get that property sold. And like I said, there's no upfront fees for, for the seller. Uh, the way it works, the buyers that buy these properties, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're yacht owners and this and that, and they, you know, they actually compete with each other. <laughs> we want them to compete. Uh, so we get these properties that, uh, and run them through the auction. Uh, what's so cool. And I'm, I'm not saying a lot of stuff, but I kind of give you a layman's uh, version of it. Uh, what, what's so cool is there's no upfront fees for the seller. Uh, we pay for the marketing and when I spoke to Laura, I found out, uh, that something is very effective. Um, they have a database that they've been putting together for over 11 years now. Okay. With 650,000 people. Uh, now these are millionaires and billionaires. Okay. Uh, so, uh, they have not stopped buying properties, even with the pandemic. Uh, in fact, it's been pretty steady. Mm -hmm. Uh, because what happens is, you know, when we had the lockdowns and you know, March and stuff, uh, these people get in their private jets and, you know, fly to some of these properties to take a look at it, you know, and they buy that. I, ha I have a friend that, that owns about 15 Marriott hotels and, you know, he has a private jet. So the pandemic didn't really stop him at all. I mean, he flies all over the place. I, you know, I talked to him, you know, these once or twice a year. Uh, but so the, the luxury auction concept. It's sort of a new concept to Hawaii, especially on Oahu. And so I'm, I'm working you know, feverly to, you know, to put together some marketing to let people know, Hey, you can sell that luxury home. You do not have to let it sit on the market for five years. You know, with this new concept, luxury auctions, we will sell it normally within four to six weeks, four to five weeks, 60 days. And it's gone, you know? And so this gives people the, you know, especially the sellers, it gives them more control over their life. They're not sitting there, you know, leaving the house when a buyer comes over and because the majority of the buyers are already in our database. Okay. And they're, a lot of them are repeat clients. Okay. They see these pictures that we take and they see the drone shots that we do and you know, they don't have to be there. And a lot of these buyers that I'm speaking of, um, they buy real estate for investment purposes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, uh, it's just like, you know, where we, you know, sitting right now, you know, the owner probably has not been here for a while. And this is an investment for that person. Uh, so what they do is they let the value increase. Okay. Where they're getting a half percent in the bank or, you know, you know, 1% if they're lucky and with real estate, you know, if, if, if area is showing, you know, five, 10, 15% increase, a rich person will say, Hey, I'm not putting my money in the bank. I'm going to put it in this real estate. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let it sit vacant for a while, or I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to let my, you know, management team take care of it. You know, if I want a little income, then I'll rent it out. You know, if I just want to let it accumulate in value, I'll do that. I can do whatever I want to do. You know, I'm rich. <laughs> That's how they think. You know? <laughs> so, so, you know, of course with that, there's multiple personalities that you have to deal with when you work with the, uh, you know, with the, you know, with the, uh, wealthy, um, I've gotten used to it. Actually, I've signed, uh, I signed a few confidentiality agreements already. Uh, some of my clients are, you know, I, you know, I can't say anything about, um, because when they buy property, you know, they normally don't want people to know, I give you one, one. <laughs> One deal I had, um, I was a straw man in the deal in real estate. Straw man mean, mean that they, that the, whoever hired you does not want the other party to know that they hired you. They want you to be there for them. So I, I was given a certain amount to buy a beachfront property, uh, over the phone. It was like, you know, I guess it's okay to say the amount was like 900,000. This was like 10, 15 years ago. So I, I go meet the owner. I find the owner of this property, you know, me being a straw man. So he, he meets me at McDonald's and I say, Hey, look, I, I have, um, an offer for you for this property I offer you 900,000 for it. It's a beachfront property. And he looks at me and he said, you know what? No, I want a million. I go, uh, wait, let me go outside, make a phone call and I'll come back. So I, I go call my, you know, my, my principal 
And I said, hey, look, he's not going to go for a 900000 He wants a million. They said, do it. So I go back inside. Uh, McDonald's, who I, I don't think I was eating uh, something. So I go, I said, okay. I said, okay, uh, Mr. So-and-so, we'll give you a million. He said, okay, deal. We kind of shook hands. And then he said, who is your buyer? Okay. So at, at that point, he's going to find out anyway. And I'm pretty almost ob- obligated to, to let him know now because we have a deal. You know, so he has to find out. And, and we do the paperwork. I said, uh, is such and such. He said, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So the reason why, you know, people do that, Yoni, is because they don't want people to jack the price up if they know you're, you know, you're representing. And they know someone. they have money. Yeah, and they know they have money. So it's it's a safe way to purchase real estate. And a lot of the, the clients in, in, you know, in the database, um, it, by the way, this database uh, is fantastic. Um, I think $30 million were invested in this database, okay? And it's accumulation of several years, 11 to 12 years right now. So when we get a, you know, a high-end, you know, property, uh, people in a database are allowed to, you know, to, to participate in the auction. Now they have a, they have a fee that they have to pay. It's like a hundred grand or something like that. That's put into escrow. Uh, so, you know, so if they, if they want that property, then they have to, you know, they have to show their commitment by putting this, this fee up. So the sellers just kind of sit back there and say, Hey, wow, this is wonderful. I, you know, I've never heard of this and it puts them in control actually, you know, so now they know they're going to close in 60 days. You know, they're going to get the amount that they, that they want. Cause there's a reserve and unreserved amount, you know, the seller determines all that, you know? So, you know, so we just use normal Hawaii real estate forms. So we use an, an addendum, uh, to do the luxury auction. Mm. Okay. So with that addendum, we pretty much explain the process to them. And, and they love it. If you go to my website, uh, stapleshawaii.com, uh, uh, I have a video up there. One lady who sold her house in, I think it's California. And she just tells the whole process and she was just in love with the whole process. It's like lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, but like it's cool. It's a yeah. cool story. It's cool to yeah. hear that kind of stuff that's going on. You know, yeah. I guess that's what we're striving for. Hey, he's try to be rich. So you can do that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> Well, kind of interesting with, with me and my wife, we, 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 you know, we, we, we rub shoulders with the rich people. We even, I have friends in, you know, in Hawaii Kai here, we, we watch their house over, you know, when they go travel, they have homes all over the place. So we just sit there and look at all this you know, luxury and stuff, but you know, we miss our home in Laie, you know, where the roosters are croaking, you know, <laughs> and the kids are, you know, college kids that we, we see there. So. And I, and I tell you, you know, money is not everything. Yeah. Yes. Home is much bigger than the house you live exactly, in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Quickly before we leave, um, I like to ask my guests, do you have a life philosophy? Yeah. You, you know, I, I was telling you before we started recording that uh, one of the things that, that I've done, I was a volunteer missionary uh, for about 18 months. I had to learn a language. You know, I, it was volunteer. I, I paid my own way. I lived away from family and home and, you know, and, and I, I really came to know my, you know, my creator. Uh, I had no one else to depend on. Uh, you know, of course I had a companion that was, you know, was, was with me, but, uh, you know, and one of the things I've, I really am grateful for that I have been given so many opportunities to serve others. Okay. That's, if there's one thing I want to leave this life with is, is, you know, people looking over at my casket say, Hey, that guy helped me. You know, that guy helped me with this. That guy helped me buy my home. That guy helped me with my homework. You know, that, that guy helped me uh, get started in my career. That guy helped me with my, you know, what, whatever, whatever. And that, that would be, you know, what I would love to hear in the next life is that I help somebody, you know, because I've been given so much help myself, you know, growing up with a, you know, growing up in LA with, you know, with a single mom, you know, there's, there's challenges every day, you know, there's drugs, there's this and that. And, and I, and I think my God has kept me, kept me away from that stuff by giving me a clear conscience and not, you know, and not do things that's going to hurt other people, but just the opposite 
help people, you know, help people. And as you and I talked about, it's very contagious. It's very contagious. When you serve others, it's like, you know, it's like things come out of the blue for you. Things, mm-hmm. good things happen. Like this interview. Okay. I had no idea who you were before this. Well, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> but the girl that introduced me mm-hmm. to you, Nikki, you had her here. And I was doing a, a project with her, a college project with her. And she mentioned you and this. And then here I am, you know. And I, you know, and with her, I, I uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because with her, I took her group to look at some luxury homes uh, last month. And they were just taken away about the luxury market, you know, and, you know, how, you know, how some people live and stuff. So they got, they really got into it. You know, this, we, we, we looked at the home that was for 3 million and we looked at the one that's for 5 million. And I was just showing them what's out there in the market and the challenges that people have. They can't sell their listing. It's not selling. It's been there for a couple of years now. And I was telling Nikki, I said, this is why, you know, they, there, there's a different way to sell high-end properties and we just have not caught on to it in Hawaii yet. So that's why you're here, Nikki. We're going to teach people about luxury auctions. We're going to introduce that and we're going to help them sell their homes in 60 days. That's, that's our goal here. And she's, and, and then she and I just start talking again about that in the whole group and Everyone's excited about luxury auctions now. <laughs> so, so we're bringing it to Hawaii. You know? Very cool. We're bringing it to Hawaii, and we're going to help the people with these luxury homes. And every home that we sell, we're going to build at least one home in the Philippines. Yeah, and I think that's the that's yeah. the best part of it, yeah. too, yeah. is that you're helping yeah. uh, those yeah. that are very, way less fortunate. Yeah. Well, we're out of time here. It's Paul. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Any last words before we uh, cut out of here? Well, yeah, once, once again, I want to thank you. Uh, for putting this together, uh, you know, I don't, yeah, I know you, you do this because you like it as a hobby, but it really helps people too. And it's a service that you're providing. And, and I, and I appreciate anybody who provides a, a, a good service. And this is a, a great service. Uh, you know, I got a professional you know, <laughs> sit up here and, you know, it's quiet, you know, we're in a nice area. And good people. That, Looks that's, good. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> that's my Ohana, man. That's why I love Hawaii. Right on. Ambience like this. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, Paul. Thank you so much for coming on the All show. Right. All right. Thanks. All right. As always, stay happy, Hawaii. <laughs>